3: Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the Street.
1: Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange. It's a big morning. Fed Chair Powell testifies before House Financial Services Committee in about an hour. Meantime, more corporate impact from the coronavirus. This time it's Under Armour that's guiding down. And then M&A news as the judge approves that $26 billion T-Mobile Sprint deal. David's got details.
3: Yeah, let's get right to it this morning, of course. Uh, we learned about an hour ago, uh, as we actually learned late yesterday, would probably be the case, Judge Morero, a case that we've been watching so closely, 13 states, of course, opposing the merger of T-Mobile and Sprint. Judge Morero ruling in favor of the company, saying you can proceed with the deal. And you can see, of course, the response in the marketplace is quite significant. There's a look at Judge Marrero as well, of course, uh, federal judge. Um, to remind people, uh, the ratio was... 0.102560 mobile shares for each sprint share. Just to go back, because remember, it was what April of 2018 when this deal was originally announced. We may actually get to the two year mark before they're able to close it. Six billion dollars in run rate synergies. They present valued that at 43 billion dollars at the time, and again, it was April 27th um, overall. Now, since then, so many different challenges have come along. Uh, But this one being overcome, perhaps, is the most significant one and now is paving the way for these companies to get together. But they're not quite there. Not quite there, as you take a look at the approval from Judge Murrow this morning and all the things that have happened on the way to that. Of course, the most important beyond today's decision was the department of justice saying yes you can go mister uh, number three and number four in the wireless marketplace you can get together we believe that together you will actually present a more formidable power in five g which is a key of course focus for the country, delivering that around the nation. We believe that you will be a better capitalized competitor to take on the likes of Verizon uh, and AT&T. And we believe, again, I'm saying the DOJ here, when they approve the deal, that with the consent decree you've entered into, we will create a nationwide competitor in the form of DISH which has all that spectrum, which is going to get the prepaid business from Sprint Boost and is going to as well have the seven-year sharing agreement with T-Mobile, not to mention 800 mil, uh, was, uh, eight, uh, the spectrum as well that they were getting uh, in the, well, the divestitures that will most likely now take place. So, so many moving parts here. Could imagine a very different scenario, and many in the marketplace imagine that was more likely. You can see what's happening to Sprint shares right now as they move up, everybody moving up sharply uh, on this news. It would have been a very different story had it gone the other way. Sprint shares perhaps might not have suffered that much. SoftBank would have suffered perhaps a lot. Dish as well. T-Mobile not happening. What did the judge actually say, and where did he focus let me get to that this morning for people because that is important here in terms of the case that was made by the companies there were two key points they constantly came back to and judge marrero seemed very much focused on them one what happens to sprint if in fact the deal doesn't happen and he said the court is thus substantially persuaded that Sprint does not have a sustainable long-term competitive strategy and will in fact cease to be a truly national uh, wireless player mno Um, the weight of the evidence, he went on to say, a trial established in Sprint is caught in a vicious cycle caused by its inability to finance meaningful network investment, which perpetuates a low-quality network that drives away customers and limits Sprint's ability to generate the cash necessary to reduce its financial constraints. And so the idea that Sprint would simply become perhaps a regional carrier of not great significance and not be able to compete was one thing. And then it came to Dish. And Charlie Ergen's testimony during the course of the trial, which seemed to convince Judge Morero as well. He said DISH's track record and numerous awards for innovation and customer experience, as well as evidence, and this is interesting, by the way, for all of us trying to figure out, will they have a partner, as well as evidence of the currently confidential and creative strategic partnerships that Dish is planning suggests DISH would compete as a disruptive maverick in the wireless markets, offering low prices for innovative and high quality services. So guys... So many moving parts here this morning that we're going to keep an eye on, a lot more to talk about, but that's the basics of this very important decision. David, California PUC awaits, public utility right. commissioner, California still has to give its approval, and we can talk a bit about the likelihood of a perhaps downward um, adjustment in the ratio as well to adjust for how bad Sprint's business is. Well David, what was the risk reward was very curious here. Yeah. I mean it would
4: seem like that in retrospect Sprint was badly mispriced. It was. I mean, there they, the worse they were, and the testimony was rather bad about the inferiority of the network, the more likely they were going to get approved. And when I read the testimony, I was kind of surprised that there were people who were either betting against Sprint or not willing to use the option, which was kind of shocking. Now, T-Mobile's always been good, and i just give you what John Ledger just sent me, which I think is great. Um, huge victory, capital H-U-G. Uh And now we are finally able to focus on the last steps to get this merger done. Look out, Dumb and Dumber, doesn't mention PD. okay? Look out, Dumb and Dumber, and Big Cable, we are coming for you, and you haven't seen anything yet. More info at, I said this all along, he did, remember, he came here. Yep. Now, he's not involved. Ledger, right? He's
3: not going to run. He's not going to run this combined company, is- That's going to be Mike Sievert, will be the CEO of the combined company. Can you company. tell me a little more about him? Um, well, he's, uh, he was very much involved in the in- conversations, for example, with the okay. DOJ. Okay. Uh, I don't know Mr. Sievert particularly well. I hope to get to know him. I assume he at some point will join us uh, when, in fact, the deal does close, uh, which is still perhaps months away. But um, he is going to be the person who, um, who, uh, who oversees the Delivery of those $6 billion in run rate synergies. And Jim, that's, uh, Carl, that's what sort of they, that from day one caught the attention well, of people. That's think- an enormous number if you can deliver it and is the reason Sorry. why they say they're going to be able to compete uh, nationwide in terms of with Verizon and AT&T as a what, real player
1: in 5G. You, we got, we got are, two AGs now on the tape this morning. Oh, no. Uh, the typical Still. considering appeals uh, out of California and New York. Uh, standing there, do. what do we think?
3: You know, I I haven't read the entire decision. There was an expectation that he was going to make it as appeal-proof as possible, one way or the other, by the way, Uh, although we had already reported there was a very very low likelihood if no likelihood that the two parties would have appealed should they have lost. They were going to move on. Remember, they don't even have a merger agreement at this point. So Carl, I don't know. Uh, My expectation would be, regardless of what happens there, they will close this deal. They will close this deal and take the risk of, uh, the small risk of A, an appeal and B, a loss on appeal. couple questions. One, how
4: much was, was, uh, was T-Mobile able to benefit from the breakup fee with AT2? Is that important? For Enormous. Them? Yeah. Right? It basically kept them alive. I mean, alive.
3: you're going way back right, but to when the first attempt was made, AT&T, right. of course, trying to buy T-Mobile. And then they, they received an enormous amount of cash and Spectrum that really put them in a much better competitive position and then led by Mr. Ledger over these years. Terrible to really miscalculation by to the guy who's still running
4: AT&T. He's blessed.
3: Yes. Wow. He's,
4: he's king. Randall Stevenson. He's king. And then the other thing, David, uh, who is this
3: partnering with? I don't Do know I who Dish's partner with. Well, who would be likely, since um, he says been, creativity? First of all, we don't know exactly what's meant by this, and I would come back to it. I'm glad you did this statement in the judge's decision. Remember, uh, Ergen testified in open court, but then he also had um, confidential testimony in judge's chambers, I believe, Bam. where he gave him a little more information. All we have is that the judge is saying, evidence of the currently confidential and creative strategic partnerships that Dish... Is planning. Oh, um, I didn't I, know this. I don't. You know, Jim. You can make guesses in terms of names. I know it's uh, got to be someone deep pocketed, yes, David. But you know, I don't know, and I'm not. I just don't know, uh, and and it doesn't necessarily mean what you think it means either. So, I'm going to wait and hope for Charlie Ergen. He's going to come. He's I, he's promised me an interview once this all settles down. Fantastic. And I'm going to hold you to it, Charlie. Wherever you are, I'm coming. <laughs>
1: We've talked for a long time about pricing in the wireless business, Jim. I mean, the Fed's talked about it as being a disinflationary force. Right. Any doubt in your mind we've seen the bottom of uh, inflation or deflation in wireless service? I don't know. Let's say that, that Sprint failed. Well, you were
4: going to see the same thing. And I, I, everything I read about Sprint was that
3: it could have it just been a slow bleed. Judge Marrero certainly seems to think
1: Boys.
0: so. I just, we
3: just chose one little, one part of it. But, I mean, if you go through the ruling, as so many will, you'll see numerous references to Sprint's precarious position and his belief that they will enter this sort of downward cycle. But that wasn't why they happen. did the merger. The merger was because
4: they wanted an effective 5G competitor. I mean, that's why the president, it's why the government wanted it. Yes. That was not, it was not because Sprint was going to fail. When I read the Sprint stuff, I said to myself, okay, three years from now, it's going to be like this anyway. Except for they won't have the money T-Mobile. to 25G. Right,
3: T-Mobile, right. And, and now, uh, exactly. Um, whether or not DISH is truly going to be able to compete nationwide, I think is still a question for some and how much capital they're going to need. The company did come out with a statement moments ago, uh, simply saying they appreciate Judge Morero's thorough evaluation of this merger. And they go on to say the ruling, in addition to the DOJ and FCC approvals, accelerates our ability to deploy the nation's first virtualized standalone 5g network and bring 5g to america says dish All right, David, um, guys, guys there is a likelihood here of a price renegotiation. I've referenced it a number of times. It will probably begin, and this is based on the deterioration of Sprint's business over the last almost two years. It may not be particularly significant. Nobody's going to take this to the edge of where the deal might not happen. But okay. I think there is an expectation on the T-Mobile side that they are, they are do something here. Uh, and so while it's not 100% likely, I am told by people familiar with the situation. That there is a seventy-five percent or so chance they will certainly try to bring that to Sprint and say, "Come on, you got to give us a little something here." This is not the company that we originally were planning on merging with.
4: But, yeah, I, I talked to a number of people in the last twenty-four hours about this. In the most, for the first question people ask is, "How in heck did, ever, did like?" There was a headline last night. Hey, yeah. deal going to be? This is a federal court. That one wasn't, th- wasn't my headline, unfortunately. Well, no, but but why is there one? I mean,
3: I don't. I know. would think. Like, why do some people... What kind of dissemination was that? Uh, Jim, I don't, I don't... Did ARBs know. get it? I don't... No, no. I think... I mean, Andrew Sorkin got it, I think, uh, and reported it. Um, I don't know how that <laughs> happened. The only thing I was aware of was the fact that the judge had agreed not to issue his ruling during market hours. Oh, okay. But okay. You know. And so that was an expectation, and in fact, many thought perhaps it would come after market close. Instead, we got it, of course, at 8 a.m. this morning, but as Jim says... The report started to come yeah. bubble up around five thirty, six 6 o'clock last yeah. night that, in fact, it was going to go this way. Uh, by the way, we haven't shown you SoftBank shares because it's a holiday in Japan. Oh. Um, but one would expect they are going to be up. This was certainly a big risk for SoftBank, of course, given an 83 percent ownership of Sprint. And if, in fact, the deal did not happen. What a again, bailout for Sprint. If Judge Morero had ruled against these parties were not going to appeal, we, today we'd be sitting here and saying having a very different thing to say about the wireless market in the United States and the future of Sprint, not to mention the future of Dish and the future of SoftBank and T-Mobile.
1: Uh, also, Deutsche Telekom uh, Deutsche doing Telekom. well
3: this morning in Europe. Of course, yep. sixty-plus percent owner as well, uh, and and T-Mobile is the most significant contributor to the EBITDA growth and the EBITDA overall at at Deutsche Telekom. That wasn't the case seven years ago, no. uh, but it is now the case, Jim, uh, that that the this property is the most significant single property for Deutsche Telekom. Well, hats off to John uh, Leisure. He
4: just kept. Adding subs and adding subs and,
3: and adding subs represents its fastest growing business unit. Accounts for more than fifty percent of its total revenue, uh, and is projected to account for as much as seventy percent of total uh, EBITDA growth at at Deutsche Telekom over the next four years. So, even
4: better. For Why weren't Deutsche Dumb dumber. and Dumber able to stop? I forget which one's Dumb and which one's Dumber. Yeah, it changed. Yeah. Why weren't they able to stop T-Mobile? They have all
3: sorts of money. Why wasn't Stevenson able to stop? It's a great question. It's because he's I king. I mean, initially, Ledger was seen sort of as a, a great promoter. But, oh, right. come on, a, f- a promoter, yeah. Yeah. not an operator. Right. Yeah, know, but then you, know, you go out to Seattle and you have
4: these buildings that, that are that color. Yeah. And it's like, are you kidding me? I know. The magenta. but, but I mean, he was a legendary about,
3: telco man. Think about your all-you-can-eat plans now, everybody having them, the unlimited plans. That, Thank you, Mr. Ledger. Thank you for bringing the competition to bear and as a result... Um, That said, let's not forget the argument of the states, which was that this will ultimately hurt competition years, you know, perhaps not initially, particularly given the the consent decree and the promises that were made by T-Mobile in terms of pricing over the next three years or three years after the deal. But eventually it's great reporting, great reporting. Thanks.
1: All right, guys. Well, we'll watch that. Obviously a huge story today, uh, industry altering merger. Uh, the S&P, meantime, and the Nasdaq set to open at some fresh record highs as the rate of the new coronavirus cases slows. Fed Chair Powell's getting ready to testify on the Hill in the next hour. He says in his prepared remarks that policymakers are monitoring the coronavirus, adding that disruptions in China could spill over to the rest of the global economy. Meantime, Under Armour shares tumbling as the company warns of weaker full year sales due to the coronavirus, with China representing one of its fastest growing markets they guide revenue down uh for the year estimate was plus four two that's horrendous yeah uh and you're talking about a 50 uh, 60 million dollar impact on q1 sales alone
4: yeah i mean they took they cut your heart out i mean they really gave you no no reason to own it whatsoever it's very rare that you have that i mean there's another company reported today hasbro which is just doing fabulously, even though they've got big China exposure, uh, and they collapsed down to 82 after Toys R Us. These guys were hurt a little bit by Sports Authority, but they were, uh, on the Dix Conference call, they were doing fine. They have Patrick Frisk in there, I like him, but maybe Nike is just too powerful. I mean, Nike's incredible. I know mean, there's the Dono Nike, it's uh, the uh, the Parker Nike, yeah. uh, Adidas has come back, obviously Sarah Eisen's done some amazing reporting about how strong Adidas is, but this is a, God, their products are good. And this is one of the rare times where I've seen they may have the better product, but it doesn't matter. And you really have to rethink how the company's run. Um, they have inventory all over the place again. For three oh, my God. Go to
3: TJ Maxx. We were down there to take pictures I of mean, that. I mean, as you know, it's the only place I go. Under Armour all over the, the place. No, it's Under Armour. It's TJ Under Armour. It really if I'd is. I'd only waited. I could have bought it off my yeah. Well,
4: yeah, my son doesn't wear it as much. It's everywhere. World. It's in like the it. channel. I mean, say it in the channel, meaning that it's football. You can get it everywhere. Uh, not, not so Nike. Uh, I feel bad. Kevin Plank is an American original. It's you go to Baltimore. He rebuilt the town, but they don't have the horses. Yeah.
1: Uh, as for the stock, this would be the worst day at this at this price since November, uh, when it was down almost 19%. It's uh, down over 12 months, down one6 s S&P, of course, is up 23% in that time. and uh, you know, what we've heard from Nike hasn't been immune, nor has Callaway Golf today. No. Uh, goose last week.
4: Oh, geez. Everyone's got a little too much goose in, uh, inventory. Goose. Good. But that's at least I'll give them that that is clearly weather related. There's no way that you know, that excess was. Uh, Under Armour doesn't have that. Under Armour uh, created a huge number of SKUs. They had a huge number of product, and they are still dealing with the fallout of all the different product that they did that failed. Uh, uh, this is one of the great retail quandaries of all time, because I don't know a soul who, would, when this company came uh, started, that people didn't want to wear their clothes. I mean, now we did have a couple of shoe companies that that, that went away, but. I, these guys can't, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to go away. No,
1: they, but they have had the athletes, they've had the endorsements, right? They've Is had the global great, uh, exposure. endorsements, yeah. best
4: they've already picked the best golfers, they have a lot of great colleges, uh, but they, it's stunning. I mean, I've interviewed them so many times, everybody I know loves them. I've never met a single person who has a bad word about Kevin Plank and this Patrick Frisk internal. They're going to have to bring someone in completely from outside. They have to steal someone from Nike. I don't think Nike want, anyone wants to go, but they have to steal someone. They cannot continue this trajectory. They can't. This is just, it's terrible. I, look, I, I am a huge fan of Kevin Plank. This is terrible. Worried, what am I say? Worried when the day comes that you're not a huge fan of his. I've had my ups and downs. You have. You have. T-Mobile keeps going up. Yes. John John Ledger. John Ledger. Talk about American original. We may have to put him on the wall of
3: fame. Really? Protect our geniuses? Protect our geniuses. The question is what he does next. Oh, my God, his next act. Did try to get John to join us this morning, but uh, he said he gives his regards to both of you guys, of course. Says he can't wait to be with us. It's been a long time. Look, we know what he's going to do.
4: Yeah. He wants his own show, <laughs> right? He wants the seven. You know what? He'll get it. Anyway. I want to be a co-host. I want to be his, jo- his- big man.
1: As a reminder on all things coronavirus, uh, do not miss, of course, our special report on uh, the novel coronavirus. Tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on CNBC. When we come back, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell with futures in the green. Back in a minute.
3: Welcome back. we got to about eight minutes before we get started with trading here at the New York Stock Exchange. Let's get to a mad dash. Facebook is the name. Yes, there's an outfit called Pivotal. Sometimes you get these smaller research
4: firms, and they have an outsized impact. And there's a fellow, Michael Levine of Pivotal. He has uh, Facebook as a hold. He takes it to a sell. And one of the key elements of it is he says they're always conservative, but this time they mean it meaning that there's a definitive slowdown at Facebook. Talks about an Apple change in iOS also hurts them. What I think is interesting, David, is this, is this is another stock like AMD, okay, like Alphabet, where they reported a number and people didn't like the number. And then suddenly what happens is it sneaks right back, okay? It goes right back, and then boom, he hits it. I think this is going to have real impact. The downgrade should have real impact. And... Uh, I, I, I hate the, con- the concentration on Facebook when Instagram is doing quite well. Of course, it's the same product, but you know, you're going to see the stock get hit because it's been a good actor and it wasn't a great quarter. Mm-hmm. And I think that matters. A lot, of, you know, a lot of the stocks that did not have great quarters are really sneaking up higher and higher if they have anything to do with cloud, but not social. And this is kind of saying, listen, social is not extreme, not doing that well, except for Pinterest, which had a very good quarter.
3: Right. Although the Nasdaq overall, the Nasdaq comp has been very strong. And of course, road stocks have been leading the charge.
4: Right. And there are a lot of people who feel like we're back in 99 and you want to get ahead of it and you want to downgrade. Uh, but these companies have earnings. A lot of them are very well capitalized. And it's quite different from 99. But the one thing I would say is that the ones that didn't report great numbers,
3: it's certainly reasonable if they don't go off. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll be keeping close. eye, of course, of shares of Facebook. Stick around, by the way. We've got a lot more squawk in the street. Count you down to the opening bell. By the way, Fed Chairman Jerome Powell's Capitol Hill testimony on the economy also coming up. Keep it here.
0: Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee Governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Demand for energy is projected to continue rising in the future.
1: You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world. The opening bell in about three and a half minutes. Uh, Busy Tuesday morning, uh, Chair Powell is going to be on the Hill starting in about half an hour. It's House Financial Services Committee, Senate Banking tomorrow. Uh, We did get his comments a little bit earlier this morning, Jim. Talks about the economy being resilient, policy being appropriate. We'll see what he says in more detail about uh, repo, support transition.
4: Low interest rate environment may limit the ability of central banks to reduce policy interest rates enough Support the economy. Look, I, I, I think that this. All right, I, I I don't want to say what I'm going to say, but i got to say it. You have 13 people right now who have the virus in this country. You look at what's happening in China. You've got zero, possible zero growth. This is good testimony. I, I wonder whether at the last minute he said, Look, I don't want to jinx us. I mean, I, look, this Fed Fed chairman probably doesn't think like that, but. I, if you had told me six months ago that China would have no growth, I would say, you're out of your mind. So I think that the idea of being a little circumspect, we are closely monitoring the I right, he's got to. I mean, look, we've got a ship off of Yokohama where everything's going wrong. We have, some people are saying that the numbers are contained. It is true that we have four people, for every one getting sick, we now have four getting better as opposed to three. But all these are chimerical. Com- I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. Yep. So I think that being as, um, let's just say that you got to, if you're the Fed chief, you've got to say, listen, this could come our way and we're going to have to
1: have plenty of leeway. Sure. Uh, Reuters has a piece uh, that says. Xi, President Xi, told his top officials last week that the efforts to contain the virus had gone too far because they were starting to threaten uh, the country's economy. The the Times piece, this quote in the Times, it's like Europe in medieval times where each city has their own checks and
4: cross-checks. Holy cow. I think it's more like Leningrad where the Nazis encircled the Soviets. I mean, except for, of course, obviously it's their own people encircling their own people. You got it. You have a you have a quarantine that is actually blocking off a city. Now, in medieval times, you could come and go at least. I mean, what is really happening? there? Well, that's the question, isn't it? And I don't yeah. have the answer. Well, you know, it's not like the media is... It's... it's no. a-
3: not we like are fighting. It's allowed necessarily to see it. You've got to rely on social media, though, as an effective way to try.
4: Yeah, but there's so much code. There's it. code. I, I mean, you know, my
3: my stepson is a
4: Chinese scholar. He gives me these things, and, and it's all coded. Right. You, you know, it's that. like we think that Trump is doing a terrible job containing the virus. Actually, Trump is she. Right. I'm not kidding. He me. Is a like, Trump is she? Like they're using Trump interchangeably. Uh, Trump's using what? in uh, Twitter is using some things. MAGA hats interchangeably, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's all crazy. But, but uh, I don't, I, I think you got to be able to look at it. I love to think that it isn't going to happen. The CDC put out things about what you must do on a cruise ship if you're on a cruise ship. I mean, basically making a cruise ship sound like it's a hospital. You want to check in a hospital for three, four, seven day cruise? Why don't, you, why don't you, check, you check in at Mount Sinai? I'll check in at Columbia. I'm not kidding. The CDC's page
1: It's a horror show. Let's get to the opening bell here in the S&P 500. The big board today, it is Travelers celebrating the 10th anniversary of the Travelers Institute. It's public policy division at the NASDAQ. It's JetBlue. Uh, doing the honors. Uh, Happy 20th uh, to JBLU. Um, Jim, one thing we do know for certain is what certain metrics are doing in response to the virus, and that's Baltric Dry. Uh, Some people follow it, some people don't. Four and a half year low. No,
4: I still follow it. Uh, Ned Davis
1: says this virus is a black swan for the energy markets, even as we're holding 50 today. Uh,
4: I uh, said last night, I talked at length about the idea of what's going to happen with divestment but I said there's going to be a gas rally here, that oil is not going to just go down without a fight. The yields are too great, and you're going to get another chance. And if, uh, say, Bernie Sanders wins, and then there'll be a lot of people saying that's a shoe in for Trump. I'm not saying that's the case, but that means that you're going to get a rally in oil. It's starting today. It's starting with the most controversial of names. It's starting with Occidental, which is fly, And... Uh, I think that Occidental is 7.5% yield. People think the yield's fine. Cut back a little clap back, so.
3: Yep. Uh, well, there also, I think, is a belief that the that, uh, that Cal will be able to deliver on the synergies that were promised in the deal to acquire Anadarko. Right. And that's a key. Uh, we don't know. We won't get all you know all the updates on that. But I think that's something they are confident they can deliver on.
4: Right. But there is. Uh, Rusty Brazil has a. There's a outfit that I, I don't want to, it's a private outfit that he's, you can buy their service, but saying 13 uh, million barrels coming from, uh, a lot of it coming from the Permian, 13 million, where are we going to put that extra million barrel? Where? Remember, America, the late Aubrey McClendon, whom I just love so much, he used to say, we don't think about the market. We don't sit there and say, hey, maybe the market doesn't need our oil. We just say pump. And it's just like There's no governor. It's like, oh, let's just pump. And and, and with that attitude, what happens is is that you're just going to keep the price at these prices forever. And that's very negative. It's funny. I see Apple up. Is this there's something? I guess people are just saying Corona peak. Uh,
1: Well, uh, we do have a record high on the NAS today. Uh, Datatrek had a great stat last night that 67% of the S&P's year-to-date returns are from Microsoft, Apple, Amazon, Google, Manga, as we've said in the Maga,
4: past. Yeah, m- make, yeah, whatever. I don't want to get too political here. But Microsoft is... I was out when... Uh, Microsoft was about 20 points ago. But that was three weeks ago. This right. isn't $1.4 trillion dollar company that trades like a short squeeze, which it is not. It's just institutional money, family. Azure had that gigantic expansion... The growth of Azure, it, yep. 62%. The move, the margin's
3: good. The move in Microsoft this year, it's, up, it's added 20% of its market value in a month and it's 10 that, days.
1: Look at for, that bend, uh, the bend on the curve there. It sort of reminds you of what Tesla did yeah, in the last does, 30 days. It does.
4: It makes a lot more money than Tesla. Now, where,
3: you know, where people are, uh, Tesla does remind me of the late 90s. This does not, in part no. because the multiple here. We, we don't have anything like the multiples we saw back then. Maybe uh, this is a giant re-rate.
4: Maybe what's happened, but look, I think that I always hear the 1999, but Satya Nadella, his company has a cash business of Windows that is just spewing cash. He has got a, a a cloud business that is on fire. And even though Amazon's cloud was great, even though Alphabet's coming from behind, it's very hard to try to figure out what to pay for Microsoft. What do you pay for a perfect balance sheet with tremendous growth, double digit across the board, and a visionary CEO? What do you pay for? Not to mention doing
3: the right things apparently on ESG also. One
4: billion dollar so fund, add, add, carbon add, negative. Sort of into the mix. Carbon negative on 2030. How can you beat that? How do you beat a guy
1: He's created the perfect stock. That's what Santoli's point was yesterday. Everyone, all circles of investing have to own it in some part. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Box, check.
1: And Box, checked.
3: top ESG holdings. That one you can't argue with as much as some of the others. Visa well, there's, remember, crime. there's greenwash versus... Well, there's... Right. There's green... But it's not even about sustainability. Some people... They, a lot of these names ending up in these ESG funds uh, as top holdings don't make sense. No, they don't. They don't make sense. No, and you have to scrub that. I'm going to use s the S&P people Guys, are really be smart Guys, the moves this. in all the T-Mobile, Sprint-related names, well, of course, the two being the key ones, but others as well are, are really amazing. Sprint is up 75%. T-Mobile is up 11%. Dish is up uh, uh, 10% as well. This, of course, on the unexpected. It was best 50-50, it was seen, uh, ruling from Judge Morero that allows the deal to proceed, of course. He goes against the state's Uh, AGs that were uh, arguing the deal would be anti-competitive, result in higher prices for wireless customers. And now it makes it highly likely these two companies will become one, and one soon. They still have to get approval from the Public Utility Commission in California. They still got to wait, actually, the judge uh, signing off in the consent decree that was entered into with the DOJ. Uh, And there still may be a price negotiation to come as well, where T-Mobile tries to get the ratio down a bit. By the way, to refresh people, Deutsche Telekom currently owns about 62% of T-Mobile. So the new Sprint T-Mobile would be owned 41.7% by uh, by Deutsche Tel. Could be a bit more if they do get that ratio down. Uh, Public would own about 31% and SoftBank would own 27.4% of the combined uh, company, which... Judge Moreira believes will actually bring more competition to the markets in 5G nationwide to the likes of Verizon uh, and AT&T. He also believes that DISH will be a true competitor in those markets over time and uh, talks about the confidential creative partnerships that DISH may be pursuing to try to gain that entrance as it uh, uses that spectrum position Charlie Ergen has built up over a long period of time Six billion in run rate synergies to remind people, big numbers there. But wow, mispriced security. I remember, no, no, I, let me
4: give you another side to it. Okay. I remember when this was announced, and I turned to David and I said, It is inconceivable that anybody would bless this given the fact that it's so obvious that your rates are going to go up. And you said, Bear with me on this one. There are many social, economic, and political reasons for this to go through. People did not listen to what you were saying, which was that there were imperatives that was going to trump the idea that your your rates are going to go up, including the fact that Deutsche Telekom and Sprint were on life support. We just didn't know it.
3: Right. We didn't know it. No. Uh, Tish James, the uh, uh, attorney general in New York State, one of the lead uh, plaintiffs, um, says there's no doubt reducing the mobile market from four to three will be bad for consumers, bad for workers, bad for innovation. And it's why the state stepped up and led the lawsuit. Of course, they disagree with the decision wholeheartedly. And she goes on in a statement to say, we'll continue to fight the kind of consumer-harming mega-mergers our antitrust laws were designed to prevent. Reviewing options, including a possible appeal, uh, says the New York State Attorney General. But again, the expectation is there won't be an appeal. And if there is, the parties here will likely close regardless, given the uh, the doubt that that it would succeed. Judge Morero's long ruling in favor. Yeah, it was knee jerk, I guess, in retrospect, that people didn't believe in the deal. Well, they listened to the we covered it very closely. Many people listened to the case in court and believed that just based on the law and based on Judge Morrero's um, background and everything else, that he would likely say that was the easy way to go about it. But just wow. You can't get three and four together and expect competition's going to increase. Yeah, I was watching Courtney Reagan this morning.
4: On the five. And she just started by saying, what a win. And I think that that's part of the theme of this market. It's like, you know, you don't say, you know what, this market's too hot, I'm getting out. And then suddenly you have a 73% winner? I mean, of some phone company? I mean, I did it yesterday. I, I'm watching, the mall is dead, the mall is dead, the mall is dead. Boom! Yeah. 50% premium
3: for
1: Um What the heck is going on here, David? <laughs> There are some things that are out there that people are missing. Yeah, it's a nice, uh, you know, yeah. between that and Under Armour, I don't know. How, you want, what, what, right, what wins that's out? the
4: balance. You could have Under Armour in your portfolio, and I guess, what else? We do can have
1: you a, a couple uh, moves but, on the sell side. Morgan Stanley goes to a street high on Salesforce 225,
4: uh, I read reiterates that. overweight. I thought it was vacuous, even though my child trust just it. Uh,
1: just talking about cloud. And then uh, we're going to get NVIDIA Thursday, three price increases. Uh, Deutsche 220, Oppie 300, Wells 290. Why don't they just, like, make it impossible
4: for Jensen Wong to beat it? Now, Jensen has Ray Trace. Uh, I, I had, uh, had Strauss-Telnick on last night. We actually talked about the business. David Not we
3: Focus on me for a second. Sorry. Just focus on me. Texts are coming in. Texts oh, are coming please.
4: in. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, go ahead. No, I'll, no, no. I'm listening. No, no. I'm um, here for you. strauss was talking about the next generation of next generation machines. Play games. Ray Trace, NVIDIA. You open up the data center. I'm sorry, Lisa Sue. I'm going to say this, but they have unbelievable amount of NVIDIA in there. If they get the Mellanox deal after MasterCard got a little nod from the Chinese, it's still another reason to go up. NVIDIA is back and it is bigger than ever, but it doesn't have the Bitcoin. Which is good, by the way,
3: because Bitcoin right. was empty calories. It doesn't. What you're saying is the chips by all those miners are not being used to the extent they were right. when it was the craze of. Yeah, mining. Colette Kress, who's the unbelievable CFO,
4: walked me through again and again how you could have that bubble in in, um, in Bitcoin in, and in mining cards, processing. and it was so true. This time it is going up as it used to for years because it has the best of the best. Now I know at least I'm really sorry uh, because you have great chips too. And they are cousins, so it's not like it's like, a friend, it's like a family rivalry there. But right now, NVIDIA, I think, has a, a real good set of chips for data center. And yesterday we found out in the data center move, there's enough room for everybody. Thomas Curry and David, I'm telling you, he's real. I know. The Google salesperson, they, had, they doubled the number of $50 million
3: deals they did at Google. This is the man who runs cloud for Google. They took over for Diane Greene a while back. Yeah. And, David, I do not think that Google's going to
4: buy Tesla. How did that get started? It didn't. Well, no, it did.
1: Well, I just killed it. It's a story meeting at Forbes. I'm blaming That's where it started. Oh, well, that's great. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to do a hustle takeover review. Uh, Let's get to the bond pits. Obviously, it's going to be a very busy morning with Powell starting in about, oh, 20 minutes. Let's get to Rick Santelli at the CME.
5: Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Carl. Well, it is a small victory as Treasury rates basically hover near unchanged in front of Jay Paul. And we all know uh, neutral hovering near unchanged is actually something Treasury Yields haven't done in a while, as you see on that four-day chart. If you go all the way back, and we're gonna do a lot of way back charts. Uh, If you go all the way back to June of 2012, the reason this is so important is because we are so near all-time historic closing low yields that are scattered in July of 12 and 16 at 136, and then in 2019 around 146. But we are awfully close when we get to the lows. Uh, If we consider the foreign exchange markets, one would think that, course with rates low in the states the dollar would be but not true it's the euro currency look at a one week chart of the euro it's the dollar index in reverse where the dollar index has had six sessions higher in a row today we're down just a smidge the same in reverse has happened for the euro versus dollar going the other way going down as a matter of fact if you go way back to may of 2017 that euro versus dollar isn't quite there yet But it's very close to two-and-a-half-year lows. Now let's flip that screen, mirror image. Let's look at that dollar index. If you go back to around the same time, mid-2017, we're also not quite there yet with the dollar index. And not as close as the euro. But a third of a cent, a half of a cent, and you're there. These are definitely foreign exchange markets driven by capital flows and of course, when you question why the stock market's doing better, just look at that dollar index. Carl, Jim, David, back to you.
4: Oh, thank you, Rick, so much. Starbucks shaking up its airport strategy to fix customer service issues for travelers—an issue I pushed with CEO Kevin Johnson just a few weeks ago. Here's
2: what Kevin told us. It's clear we've got it. We've got to reinvent and rethink how we do this now. HMS Host has been a long-term partner. They've had exclusivity uh, in these airports. Going forward, HMS Host will continue to be a partner, but we are we're moving to a model where they don't don't have exclusivity. And that's going to give oh, us amen. more opportunity to innovate and try different things. For example, we're working on some ideas even with pop with pop-ups, pop-up stores in airports that could move depending on time of day and where gate arrivals and gate departures are taking place. No, I understand a
4: lot of this was because uh, on Twitter, I led a move of which I said, send us your pictures, of which there were tremendously long lines, much more in uh, airports than anywhere else. Let's find out more of this. We're joined now by Starbucks' new airport partner, the CEO of hospitality group OTG, Rick Blatstein. You have seen, by the way, OTG is in the New York airports. Yeah, uh, They have the little screens there. You can punch it. and. Sometimes you order the wrong triple drink if you make a mistake. (laughs) But you're about to travel, so it's okay. Okay, so Rick, what does this mean? Because we know we're passionate about Starbucks. I am every day a triple venti cappuccino with skin wet. I don't want to wait in long lines, and competition creates the best product.
6: So, Jim, we have a a multi-pronged approach that we're going to deal with that. So you'll be able to mobile order and pay and just pick up. When you're, going, when you're going through security, you hit it, come over there and pick it up. You'll be able to get, go into it. You better not be making this up, partner. I'm not making it up. Because you know this is what we're dreaming of. I, I'm not making it up, my all right, friend. All I'm right. not making it up. You'll be able to go into beautiful Starbucks and sit there and have the Starbucks experience. You'll be able to touch any one of our thousands of tablets and order to be brought right to you. You'll be able to come off a plane, hit your app, have your Starbucks waiting for you.
1: Uh, Are service times that different between a traditional corner Starbucks and an airport Starbucks?
6: Well, you know, there's certain peak times in in corner Starbucks and certain peak times in airports. In airports, over 30% of all air travel leaves by 10 a.m., which is the most peak. So we really have to spread out and offer it in many, many different locations. Together, OTG and Starbucks are working together to recreate the Starbucks experience inside of
4: airports. This this is really important because those of us who travel know that there has been a problem. Kevin did not disagree. There has been a staffing problem. This is partners not, not own Starbucks. It did seem that HMS, who I called out uh, repeatedly, uh, would have staffing that was inappropriate. Uh, and staffing sometime, I, mean, I know that Howard Schultz always told me, there's no difference in staffing, but it turned out that there was. Do you think that their lack of staffing at a competitor has, has created this, or is it just the technology that they were slow to adopt that you're ready for?
6: Jim, I'm real proud that we have over 5,000-plus OTG crew members, and I think our crew members are the best in the industry, and we're, we're getting better. So we're going to staff these places like they deserve to be staffed, and we're going to deliver the Starbucks experience like you deserve to get it. So if you think about your Starbucks experience, You have a different one during the week on the way to work. You have one on the weekend, which, by the way, I love getting birthday cake pops on the weekends. You have one if you're flying. You have one if you're in the afternoon. You have different Starbucks experiences. OTG and Starbucks are working together to make sure you can have your Starbucks experience the way you want it inside of an airport. Just
1: because you come through security doesn't mean you can't get that. Why not? Uh, Some of our viewers want to know, well, two things. One, is mobile order any different? With the hospitality group than a traditional store? No. All right, so that's that's available?
6: That will be available. All
1: right. Starting?
6: Starting this year. Okay, starting well, this year. Yes.
1: And then, you know, given what they've already said about uh, the novel coronavirus, how, where does that leave uh, airport locations?
6: Well, our airports have not seen any dip in the uh, coronavirus. Uh, we're in major markets all through the country, and it's a lot of domestic, and, and the international is going to where it can go to. We haven't seen any dip whatsoever.
4: Well, what's going to happen to the other guys, the HMS? and called might call it out, frankly, as being an inferior partner, even though one time they were considered to be an equal partner? What happens to those guys? I can't answer for them, Jim. I'll let you do that. Well, well don't you want to deny it? I mean, sorry, I mean, you're going to be competitive. Well,
6: uh, yes, we are a very competitive company. So we want to deliver the best Starbucks experience we could possibly deliver. If we focus on the customer... The customers will determine our future. It's all about the customers. Our design teams, our tech teams, our operations teams are working with Starbucks. I thought that they were an amazing company before, but right. after I got to know them more and be deeper and see behind the scenes, they're one of the best companies in the world. When did he
4: call you and tell you to do this? Uh, we Less than a year ago. We had and, a and you've just been working behind the scenes to get this happening. Fully knowing, according to Starbucks, that they had a suboptimal experience at a lot of airports. Uh,
6: Fully knowing that Starbucks wanted the Starbucks experience
4: inside of airports and came to OTG
1: to help deliver that. Together, we're going to do it. Are you beholden to some of their commitments on sustainability and packaging? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, the way they take care of their
6: people, their sustainability, what they are is a mission, not only operational, but inside. we're beholden to that as well. We are very like-minded companies. Uh, Quite frankly, I think Starbucks is going to make OTG better. So I think this relationship together is going to help our entire company.
4: We have a lot of cynics. So here's a guy, Ken. This is what I'm used to before I became Jimmy Chill. This guy says, nothing will change. Hire more people, period. You're welcome. It is going to change, isn't it? On my watch, my friend, it's
6: going to change no matter what. And it's going to be a great experience. Just think about it. People waiting online for 20 minutes. What kind of experience are you getting? You've already gone through security.
4: You're waiting. You can't do anything else. We're going to change this experience. Let me tell you why I think he's going to do it. He's from Philly, and we don't let people down. No, no, he's from near he's the northeast. He's a few blocks from me. That's but it. I know where you live. That's right. All right? I that's know where it's right. okay. Hey,
6: listen, Jim, if the Eagles could win the Super Bowl and Andy can win the Super Bowl, we could change this
1: experience. And that's all we need to hear. <laughs> Thanks very much. Good to see you here. Thank you very much. We do have a news alert here. We're going to get to Eamon Javers on that. Good morning, Eamon.
2: Yeah, good morning, Carl. Late last night, MCC, Michelle caruso Carbera the longtime uh, CNBC control. Contributor and anchor filed paperwork to run for Congress in the Democratic primary in New York's 14th District. That will put MCC against AOC, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, uh, who is a very high-profile Democratic member of Congress. MCC uh, spoke to me by phone just a couple of minutes ago, and she said this: She said, As the daughter and granddaughter of working-class Italian and Cuban immigrants, and having worked my way to a terrific career, I want everyone to have the chances I had at the American Dream. MCC says, that why she's running against aoc she says this is a winnable race for her in the democratic primary she says she's been a registered democrat for a number of years here and should be running in that 14th district. She says uh, she is going to compete and win uh, against one of the highest profile Democrats in Congress. This is a fascinating race, guys, because AOC has been out on the campaign trail campaigning for Bernie Sanders as recently as yesterday. Uh, she is one of the most high profile Democrats out there. So this sets up an interesting tussle now in that 14th district Democratic primary, guys. Back over to you.
3: Yeah, going to come at her even from the right, as you might expect, of course. uh, That is AOC. And certainly that opposition to uh, Amazon's headquarters is going to be a part of it. Many people in that district believe it would have been a positive, I think. And I know Michelle's certainly going to focus on that and a number of other growth initiatives that she believes are uh, obviously going to be beneficial as she tries to uh, go against, as you said, one of the top,
2: at least uh, fundraisers also out there in AOC. Sure, absolutely. And and one other thing to note, uh, she tells me that she will no longer serve as a CNBC contributor during the course of this campaign. And we should note that in addition to her work as a contributor for CNBC and a longtime anchor on this network, uh, she also serves on the board of directors of a financial services firm called Beneficent. So uh, she has experience beyond just the television world as well. So that sets up a fascinating campaign going into the rest of the year, guys.
1: Yeah, Twitter is uh, lighting up, Amon. MCC versus AOC, the rumble oh. in the Bronx. Uh, you name it, it's going to be interesting to watch. Mostly Queens. That's, That's right, Queens, <laughs> That's yeah. our Queens yes. Yes. They, yes. Got the, they got the Bronx wrong. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Eamon. Uh, when bet. we come back, uh, rates, growth, and the coronavirus all in focus as Fed Chair Powell gets ready to testify on Capitol Hill. We'll have live coverage, including a QA and a session with the lawmakers. Uh, a little swirly action to start, but dows up 78 points. Don't go anywhere. It's time for Jamin, Stop Trading. It wasn't just the
4: actual hardcore data center. It was all these software as a service companies. And today we had a note about Salesforce. But last night, RingCentral reported. RingCentral, software as a service for business communications, including, by the way, uh, setting up video. Remember Zoom? Yep. Remember how Zoom is doing, which is just on fire because of the coronavirus. Uh, and, and I, I love RingCentral. They've been on a couple times. But look at this. This is what's going on. You're just getting this tremendous adoption of software-as-a-service companies, and Ring is a great company, and I understand why people are buying it, but it's for the highest of growth. And there's just unrestrained buying by high-growth funds, which keep getting money in. So it's a it's a virtual circle. Jim, you know, yes. what's tonight? Okay, so I have two companies that I think are very important. One is Columbia Sportswear. Why? Because they took out ads against the... Uh, The fight against the Chinese tariff, find out more. Then Jim Foster, Charles River, when you want to develop a drug, you eventually have to go to Charles River, 1-800-LAB-RAT. You have to go there because it's too expensive for you to run a trial. I'm actually developing a drug, and I, like, can't afford it, and my drug works.
1: So Michelle's running for Congress, and you're developing a A drug?
4: Dr. (laughs) Newman and I, yeah. Really? Ah, uh, David, I, my drug works. So I want to help other people. Is it? A, I, I understand. It's not Mescal, is it? What migraine? No, no. This one is for
1: tinnitus. Oh, wow! Well, yes. Yeah, oh,
4: and I got to oh, tell you. I mean, no, there is no cure for the FDA. But let me tell you, you, just stay tuned.
1: Oh, if you could solve and, that problem. It's oh. not
4: Mescal. All right.
3: <laughs> David, I'm talking to you.
4: <laughs> I laughed. Starbucks. I
1: laughed.
3: You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street.